Welcome to a parenting space actually designed for you, where you can get answers about navigating a life that includes autism. I'm Dr. Tay, and today I have a mini episode just for you. Hello, 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 and I am back for another mini episode. So recently I did a mini episode on my own fears and just sharing an update on myself and where I'm at in this journey, telling a little bit of my story. And I think that's important on this podcast and more to come on that. But at the end of that episode, I referenced back to this idea of experimentation. So I want to talk about that today. I talked about in that episode as well, a little bit about how I was trained, but not fully. So I was trained at Florida State University, and I went to a program that was very research heavy. I wanted to be a researcher. That was my plan. I actually went into academia, worked at the University of Pittsburgh for two years, post my PhD, doing research, writing grants, writing papers, and just realized it didn't set my soul on fire in the way that I thought it would. And so I was trained in a very research heavy program. And I actually want to talk about this real quick. So before I dive in, let me just tell you that the, the framework of this episode, because that would be helpful so you know whether or not you want to listen to it, is this idea of balancing evidence-based practices with more of the woo-woo side of things. So we're going to talk about the woo-woo a little bit and even what the woo-woo is, if you're like, I don't know what that is, Taylor. But it's these things that work, but maybe we don't have a science basis for them. The way that I was trained, even as a clinician, was very manual-based. It's pick up the manual, and you're going to do this in session, and all of that. And I will say, I through that, I feel like I learned so much. I know what works. I know how to read the research as a result of that. And there are so many helpful strategies and skills. Like, for example, on the drop of a hat, if I need to teach cognitive restructuring, I can do that. So having this like formulaic way to learn actually helped me to really learn the skills. And now I've been able to have some flexibility with them in my practice. So if you work with me either one-on-one or in my group therapy setting, I'm not going to have a manual that we're following. And I'm like, today we're going to do this. And here's our agenda in in a very structured way. You're going to say something to me like, okay, my child's having a meltdown. What am I supposed to do? And we're going to break it down. Or my child has so many anxieties. I don't know how to navigate that. We're going to break it down. And I'm going to pull in evidence-based approaches from that, and we're going to knock it out of the park for sure. But I think one area that I've started to see a little bit more of this woo-woo, so to speak, where it's less about what the science teaches us and more about the process, and that's this idea of holding space for people and validating emotions. And it it doesn't have this formulaic thing. It's, hey, I see you, and you matter, and Let's just let you feel what you're feeling right now and let you know that no matter what you're feeling, that it is incredibly valid. And this is true for parents. This is also true for kids. And where I learned some of that really interesting is when I went on my version of residency or like a clinical internship, you do it your final year of your PhD where you're a full-time clinician. And I went to Duke University and I remember my my supervisor being like, Taylor, no more manuals. Like he would let me when it was relevant, but he's like, I think it's just more important. You learn to sit. And I think too, with some of my nature and what I've learned about myself over the past couple of years is I was always in this fixer mode. 
And I wanted to provide a solution. And even on that recent episode I was referencing, which I'll go ahead and just link it below. But I said some of my fear is making a mistake or not having an answer. And that's from some of my training where I felt like I needed to be the fixer. I needed to have the solution. And this supervisor at Duke, he always will have such an impact on me, made me just sit there with the discomfort of the feelings. And what I didn't realize at the time is this process of holding space for someone, this process of validating someone's emotions and experiences is one of our most powerful tools in the toolkit. And a lot of times individuals know what the answer is for themselves, but they're too afraid to face it or it's hard to quiet their brain down enough to actually be able to hear what is needed. And so that's what this process does. And it really changed my clinical practice. But what I didn't realize is I wasn't fully at a place yet where I was comfortable sitting with my own emotions, even pre-therapy for me. And I think I've been in therapy for about a year now. I'd be like, okay, I'm feeling angry. Okay, what can we do about this? How can I solve this? Versus now it really looks like, and this is a little woo-woo too, although this is based on internal family systems or IFS. It really is about saying to my feelings like, okay, I see you. Yeah, you're welcome here. It's okay. It is okay. You're feeling frustrated. And then I actually, and you're going to feel crazy doing this sometimes to yourself, but I'll say to my own emotions, tell me more. Tell me more, anger. What is this about? And I can usually drop in and like fully experience the emotion and also realize what the emotion is trying to communicate to me. Sometimes you feel better. Sometimes you feel worse. But, and I say you feel worse, but you actually don't. Sometimes it's hard to experience, but we need to experience that because otherwise the energy of that emotion stays pent up inside of us. And that energy can truly be toxic. And this is where some of that woo-woo comes into play is what are we storing up energetically in our body if we're not allowing the energy of the emotions to fully be processed? And yeah, so that was transformational, but going through my own therapy really made such a difference for me. And so what I've started to realize is the nature of my practice absolutely will always have evidence-based principles and evidence-based approaches. But for one, what I also am realizing is neurodiversity-affirming care doesn't always match up to this quote-unquote evidence-based, either because we haven't studied it or it's not getting funded. We haven't studied it because it hasn't been deemed important enough yet, or they're not putting research dollars to it because... It doesn't seem worth it for whatever reason. The other thing is, I don't think we can always study things. This idea of energetics, this woo-woo idea, there are ways to study it, but actually understanding the impact of the energy, we don't have scientific tools to be able to do that yet. And I think giving ourselves permission of experimentation, that figuring out what works for us, and it is okay if it feels a little woo-woo and you can't explain why that it works. You just know that it works and that it is so powerful. And so I find myself having this push and pull with my practice of do I go there? Do I not? Do I go there? Do I not? For example, there was an episode recently on human design, and this is something that I have been leaning into and learning about. And I'm like, 
do I want to incorporate this into my practice? And I think the scientific side of my brain, the side of my brain that doesn't want to make mistakes, that wants to have all the answers is like, no, 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 no. We don't know if this is legit. This isn't evidence-based. But the other side of me knows how much impact it's had on me. Creating space for my feelings, doing this like really weird thing where I'm talking to my own emotions. Like you're not going to go read about that in a research article, right? There might be principles you can read about, but that process you're not going to. And in some ways, we don't have a way to measure this. Yes, you could argue like there are certain ways we can measure this, but then we also have this whole funding issue of what's going to actually get funded. So I just want to share that with you that like I'm starting to give myself more permission. Actually, I've given myself permission for a long time to lean into the woo-woo. I do find it really fun then to look at the science connected to the woo-woo because it's often there. But it is okay if things don't always make sense and they work for you. That's the thing. and. I think what I'm starting to realize, too, is I've given myself permission, but how can I start to help others give themselves permission and help to facilitate this? Because I've watched how some of these quote-unquote woo-woo things have changed my life. I've watched how I've evolved as a person, even if it doesn't have this evidence base behind it. Even if science isn't telling us, yes, this is the thing working, But then the other side of this is it is scary sometimes because you don't know if it will work. You're taking a gamble. But I think going in with this mindset of experimentation is going to be your best friend. All right, y'all. I don't know. I just I felt compelled to share this today to talk about this side of being a clinician and me branching out. And I hope it inspires you to realize not only in your own personal development journey, but also in your child's too, like it is okay to experiment and figure out what is going to work for your child. Of course, medical disclaimer, do that within reason. Like, keep your child safe. Don't make big medical decisions. I'm talking more along the side of, hey, am I going to experiment with human design? Am I going to choose to have my child play outside longer and have more playtime than that extra hour of occupational therapy? Things like that. But as always, talk to your child's care team about this. If you have a therapist that you're working with or talking to one of your medical providers. But yeah, the woo-woo it's here to stay. And so what that also means is you can expect more of that on this podcast. Things like human design taps into the woo-woo. Things like breath work I've been talking about. Like there is a science base behind all of this or even things like manifestation. How do you start bringing that into your practice of, as a parent? And I've seen a lot of it work on the business side. And I think the thing is I want to open your mind to these different modalities and there's no one size fits all that these can be really transformative for you. They can be really healing. They can be really powerful. All right. I'm going to wrap this mini episode up that that ended up a little bit longer today because, yeah, I think when they are personal topics, I have to speak from my heart a little bit more. And so sometimes that means a little more rambling, but I hope you found value. And if you did, send me a DM. Let me know. What do you think of woo-woo? I want to have this conversation with y'all. So Let's do that. Let's chat about the woo-woo side of things in my DMs. All right. Bye, y'all. 
This episode was meant to be short and sweet. Full-length episodes air every Wednesday with many episodes like this sprinkled in between. So subscribe now so you don't miss the next one. And if you want to inspire a future episode, because that's how we roll over here, ask me a question on any of my social media pages for a chance to have your question featured. Bye, y'all, and I'll see you soon.